0: I I don't want really to question your message or anything, because I'm not too good at counting. But I don't think they driving around the same block, 17 times straight is the fastest way to get to our destination. Don't worry, I know what I'm doing here. We'll be the end of bullshed in no time. But, uh, just in case, how do I stop this thing? Well, the operation of a golf cart is a complex matter. Well, it it's only natural that you ask the head and turn about such things. You, you, you gotta take your foot off the pedal. Oh, yeah, 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 hey, that works pretty good. Hey, how'd you get that job anyway? Well, you see, it all started about years ago.
1: Hey,
0: we're almost there. you think maybe you could just skip that part and tell me how much they pay you. Oh, well you see Pops, he pays me. Oh, now? You, you mean that dude that edits the shows? No, 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 that, that's Rob. is he's true. Oh, oh, you mean the other guy. I'm oh, sorry, oh, man, oh. That, that dude's Crayola. No, 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 dude. The that, other that, that guy, he, no more. He, he's crazy. Yeah, 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 That that's what I said. Crayola? Dude's a total jack wagon. Okay. Well, he, he told Rob he took a job over the summer. Had a mental breakdown. Th- that's about the time they brought me in to do the commercials. Oh yeah, I I gotta hide over the summer too. Look, yeah, look, yeah, Pops, the, the guy that poses of lollipops. Oh yeah, yeah, him. I like that dude, he's cool. Oh look. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know the broad but I get three lollipops per advertisement. Whoa, oh, holy mama. I only get one. Well, the yeah, meatball of my talents deserves the finer things in life. Oh, yeah, yeah, hey. I'm a big fan of your work. The talking and roll. Mwah. Phenomenal. Oh, hi, thanks. Yeah, I, I used that one on the ends of Mutant Turtle show once. You ever seen that deleted soul with the meatball that, that rolls out the oh, plate hey. of spaghetti under the floor? Get out of town. That was you. Hey. You think you could teach me to do the hot dog sometime? Well, boy, th- th- that requires some extreme flexibility. ho th- ho! Hey, hey, uh, I thought maybe you're supposed to stop turning to the right now. 90 times is probably enough. M- maybe try left. Hey, that's what I was thinking. Right! It's almost like we're the same guy with just a different voice. Couldn't have said it better myself, boy. Anyway... My work has been described as a spectacle for the ages. Really? I was told the same thing about my catering work. I mean, nobody ever even eats it. You mean they don't eat any of it? Nary a morsel. Well, then it has to be good if they can tell without even eating it. Yeah, 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 that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but, but who told you all this? Oh, it was an anonymous fan letter that I got. You gotta be kidding me, boy. Me too. Little your letter. Okay, here you go. Why are you holding the letter over your head that way? I don't know. But 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 these letters don't look like they came from the same fan. I mean, I haven't learned my whole alphabet yet, but. They looked at the same letter with the same handwriting. Well, whoever it is, their taste in handwriting is Crayola good. I thought my taste the same way. Oh, lo oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I cross my eyes the same way, too. Doesn't that hurt your head? No, boy, no. I mean, I cross my eyes when I'm writing. Hey, you, you probably shouldn't cross your eyes. I mean, they may stay that way forever. No, boy, I I'm mean letter I i cross it when i write, but uh, ne- never mind. Hey, the sign phrases are used in this letter too. Spectacle for the ages. Smogus ball of eye candy? Yeah. S- something ain't adding up here. O.M.T. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah. This can only mean one time. You must be really good at your job too. Well, hey. We're gonna have to get Pops to give you a raise when we get back, boy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Hey, hey, that left turn really did the trick. I think we're here. Well, let's do this thing.
2: You never know, will ya? Because it's time for another episode of Turtle Vision. Calabunga series.
3: What? Calabunga do that? And welcome to another episode of Turtle Vision. I'm your host Rob, and join with me as always is my partner in green screen crime, Mr. Kirk Leonardo. How are you, buddy? Konnichiwa. Uh, watashi
4: wa sugoi. Ah, what did you say this time, man? I don't know. Sequoia <laughs> means like really good or epic or something. I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, I do <don't> <laughs> like, It sounded good just, in my head. I don't know. <laughs> you
4: know, I just, just crap spilled out of my mouth. I don't
3: know. Oh, and that's pretty much the crux of our whole podcast right there. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, first of all, this is the first Turtle Vision episode of the new year. So first of all, happy new year, everybody. Woo! Even though I know we did uh, Turtle Tales Radio Happy New Year. But this is a Turtle Vision Happy New Year, which is pretty much the same. But we are so glad that uh, that y'all are back with us because we are watching episode three of the 2003 cartoon uh, entitled Attack of the Mousers. Which um, I know I've seen this one a few times, but it has been a little while since uh, watching this particular episode. So before we get right to it, um, going all the way back to February of 2003, I think it was February 22nd. I think of 2003. What have you been up to, or have you been up to anything Ninja Turtles related, my friend?
4: Mm, uh, listen to Turtle Recall, listen to a little bit of Power Hour, and listen to Ninja Turtle Nerds, of course, because mm-hmm. they put out the, the Ninja Turtle the, the 3, Ninja Turtle 3, recently uh, subtitled Turtles in Time. But not originally. That's right. And i I can remember a lot of the stuff when they talk on the movie about that. Some of the jokes I had forgotten about, but they talked about the 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 infamous joke something I stepped on a frog or something. Who was it wasn't an one ancestor? Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that because I used to question because I don't remember Sean or Kevin, but were like, that doesn't even make any sense. And I remember as a kid always asking my dad, "What's he mean? Right. Is it like <laughs> if he steps on a frog? Does it like does something happen? Is like stepping on a crack?" <laughs> and you break your mama's back? I, I didn't know because it didn't make any sense to me. You know, I remember that. Well, Of though. course,
3: it has my favorite Ninja Turtle line of all time. I've referenced it since the Turtle Flakes days. I don't even know if I should say it right now, guys, because I'm sure you're so tired of hearing it. You were expecting maybe the Adams family. Say- <laughs>
4: <laughs> I well that's now that I remember the Nerds and the Power Hour both this week. I think both episodes were on that movie just coincidentally. And I don't remember which one mentioned it, but uh, they talked about a uh, Tarzan boy, and and like looking back, that probably is my favorite scene of the whole movie, where they're in like that—I uh, don't know if it's like a, a bar or a, a what—but <laughs> they're like he's like showing them hockey on the TV. Oh, that's and my like, favorite scene. One dude's playing a, a uh, like an arcade game, and that song's playing. Tarzan
3: boy, that's the best scene in the whole
4: movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and they're like Kappa. Oh, I love that scene. I make my kids listen to it in class. So, uh yeah,
3: so as far as Ninja Turtle stuff goes, for me, I haven't really done a whole lot, although I wanted to give a big shout to uh, my wife and I. We went on a, a, gosh, first date we've been on in quite some time, and we, we spent some time in Maryville, Tennessee, and as we were driving through downtown, we found this this comic shop. It sits on a hill, and then there's this um, curb right around it that is painted, all of dc superhero characters i was like oh my gosh comic shop comic shop so we, so we go in there and it's an old radio station in maryville tennessee and they had some of the coolest stuff but anyways the place is called the golden age it's in maryville tennessee the owner it was super nice i think his name was david i'm hoping that's what it was they have D games throughout the week it's a huge place and it's so cool because because it was an old radio station, uh, there's a lot of like, you know, nooks and crannies, and some you can tell that there's there was an old recording studio in the back. And, but there's also a bunch of custom artwork that was done by one of the artists that, that I think helps the owner there. It was just the coolest shop, and his artwork is phenomenal. And he drew the logo of the shop and everything. Just really, really cool stuff. And I bought a bunch of Ninja Turtle comics through them um, while I was there. So I have. Uh, all the IDW issues up to 125 now um, haven't read all the way up to 125 I think I'm on like 123 or 124 now really really enjoying where the comic book series is going right now and yeah just wanted to brag on that shop they again it's called the Golden Age in Maryville Tennessee if you're ever in the area go check it out they've been around for about 5-6 years and the owners are, are wonderful really cool little shop
4: actually big shop pretty big place I've been on zero dates, so just comparatively speaking, you sound like you're doing pretty well. Well, you know, I'd I take you out on a date. We can, we can go hang out.
3: <laughs> we play some D&D. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, now, guys, I'll tell you
4: what, man. I would love to learn how to play T and d Have you ever played it? Me? Yeah. Oh, I thought she was talking to them. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually did think you were talking to them. That, that sounds bad, but yeah, I, I, re- I was like, why is he asking them? They can't talk back. That would that, be, you know, that we. I should ask the readers or the uh, listeners, you know,
3: direct questions like that. I'm like, I know you're not it's answering. Like, it's like
4: <laughs> maybe maybe some of them talk back, and it's like uh, what was it? Simpsons family Guy. He can't hear you, so he starts talking louder.
3: <laughs> yeah, speak up.
4: Uh, but I... um. No, I, I've played some Dungeons & Dragons video games like at LAN parties, but I've never played the tabletop.
3: Oh, man, it, just, it just looks fun, you know? And if you can kind of put your, I don't know, ego aside and just like let loose and have fun, it looks like a blast. And Christabeth, she seems totally into it, so I think one of the, they have games on Wednesday nights, so I think I'm going to try doing it one day. Um, cool. here soon. That's just something I've always wanted to try that I never for whatever reason have. But anyways, uh, as far as turtle stuff goes, that's about it. However, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick Ninja Turtles review, a Ninja Turtle toy review. So uh, I don't have anything right now, but later on the week, I'm going to record something, and I'm going to edit it right here.
2: Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep, pizza. Hmm. Above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? Oh yeah,
3: this is Casey Jones from the 2003 cartoon, and my buddy Rob here, he's got a little toy review for you, so I figured I'd let him into the April 2nd time around shop, and maybe he could tell you about the toys. Hey, thanks, Casey. I appreciate the intro, man. That was really nice. Yeah, don't mention it. Casey, by the way, you, you don't sound like your normal self from the 2003 uh, cartoon. Are you alright? Uh, yeah, it's about 4.30 in the morning. What do you expect? Uh, okay. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to the second time around shop. I'm uh, digging through some stuff here. Yep. It's 430 in the morning and my family hasn't woken up yet And Casey was kind enough to let me in. So I figured I'd go ahead and talk about, you know, instead of a toy today, I figured I'd talk about something I've been wanting to talk about forever. And it is the Rad Plastic Toy Book. Okay. Now, this is a little encyclopedia regarding the classic Playmates toy line. And Boy, I absolutely love this book. For those of you who might not know, this book uh, is a lot more than just any old coffee table book. All right, yeah, it looks great on my coffee table here in the garage. Yes, I have a coffee table in the garage along with all my arcade stuff. But it's also just a wonderful encyclopedia of all things Ninja Turtle toys. So say if you are a big-time collector or, you know, if you're just a, just a dad or just an old Turtles fan that um, wants to kind of come back to the series or learn more about the history of the toys, maybe you don't have a bunch, this is a great resource to have. Now, to read from the website itself, this is radplastic.com. Here's what it says. Tracing the entire history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toy line, from the concept development in 1987 all the way to the unreleased toys from 1999, Rad Plastic reveals the history of one of the most popular and iconic toy lines in history. You'll learn about how the toys are made, from napkin sketches to store shelves, and every step in between. Packed with interesting photos of every step of the process, Rad Plastic is not only a fantastic visual resource, but also an educational guide to the toy industry in the 90s. Explore the original artwork and sculpts that spawn the toys you love. Discover alternate variants and even unreleased figures that never made it to the store shelves. Join the original creation team as they explain how the line came to be. The the Ninja Turtles were rad in the comics, rad on the TV screen, and now for the first time rad in a 400-page hardcover tome fit for the coffee table. It's rad plastic. Now, on this website, you can order this book with a signature label for $65. Guys, well worth, well worth $65. Trust me on this. That's the price of one video game. And this book has, oh man, just brought me hours and hours of just nerddom pleasure. <laughs> so uh, so just to give you a brief overview of this book, um, it's basically... A history of how the toys were made and a little behind the scenes about it. And I want to kind of focus on that here in a little bit, but it's also divided into years. So as you flip through the book, the first thing I noticed was, you know, of course, the there's a history of the sculpts, there's concept art, and there are years dividing the, the the toy line. And between each year, starting with 1988, we get a list of the basic assortment of uh, the basic line. We get the vehicles and accessories for that year. So I'm looking at 1988 here. And um, we, we get some of the other, I guess, toy variants and uh, play sets that were released that same year. And it just kind of was listed chronologically, going all the way up to 1998 and beyond, some of the unreleased figures from the late Playmates line. But I wanted to go ahead and just dedicate just a couple of minutes to talking about the beginning where it all began, because I was absolutely fascinated when I started thumbing through it this week, you know, really digging into page by page, the content of this book, high quality. So starting from the very beginning, one of the very first pages, uh, starts with the, uh, the original Ninja Turtles plush toy prototype. It was one of four that were made. And there's a shot of this one here. This prototype, it was, um, it was made by Henson studios of Muppets fame and artist Tony Basilicato. It was used by Mark Friedman to pitch the license to various toy companies. Hey, Cookie, quit it. Sorry, my dog's on the little loveseat here on the couch, and she's digging to China here. Quit it, kid. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sorry. We're in uh, April shop. Excuse me. Uh, so anyways, it's always fascinating to me. They've referenced it in the Turtle Power documentary, but here we get another uh, shot of this giant turtle on a stick. So I could just imagine Mark Freeman taking this giant turtle to various toy companies to to see who would pick up the uh, the license of the Ninja Turtles. And I'm sure the uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird kind of helped um, with the design of these these first turtles. And they do look like the comic turtles because there's no pupils, but yeah, just what a I can only imagine what the uh, toy companies uh, were thinking when they first saw this giant turtle on a stick. But what really caught my eye was the origin story of what they were pitching for the toy line, okay? So I learned a lot about uh, two creators when I was thumbing through this book, and that was John Handy and um, Mark Taylor. And what's fascinating about this, if you turn to page four and five, I'll just read um, some of this here, I'm not gonna read all of it, but I'll read um, a little bit of the origin story for how they were gonna pitch it to toy companies, the toy line. It says, So Playmates, under the direction of Bill Carlson and Carl Aronian, the head of marketing, started the concept development to figure out what the line was going to be like. Marketing was heavily involved in the creation of the process, says Aronian. We had two designers working on the line, John Handy and Mark Taylor. Handy who did most of the early designs recalls why he believed the Turtles would be a success. And I thought this was fascinating. The best driving force for a kid wanting a toy is that there is an emotional void in their life that can be filled by that toy. A beautiful sales technique. It was the concept of the emotional triggers for boys. There is no stronger emotional trigger than courage. It is the thing that they have the least of and admire the most. They have plenty of people pushing them around. Parents, teachers. Hey, I take offense to that. Siblings, bullies at school. I knew that the turtles exhibited extreme courage because they were unlikely heroes. Now, I think this is fascinating because he's right. They are unlikely heroes. And I didn't even really think about how that would hit a kid like that. And maybe subconsciously, as a kid, it hit me that way. Back to what Hardy says. They were just teenagers. They made sarcastic jokes while their lives were in danger. Or they had no real resources except their simple weapons, martial arts, and martial arts skills. Now, I think this is fascinating because, remember, this toy line came out before the original cartoon. all right, Or at least the idea of this toy line. So he didn't really have anything to go by here except he knew that the turtles would somehow hit with kids uh in a way because of their unlikely origin so boy he was very very brilliant guy to figure that one out um so it says here cardi continues many decisions had to be made early in the line's development scale and articulation but most important one was recrafting the story we made it simpler We got rid of the revenge elements and the adult themes, and we had to revise the story to be more kid-friendly. And this is why I I was so fascinated, because as I was thumbing through this, I do remember briefly in the Turtle Power documentary, they talked about how there was some of the origin that they were using for the toy line that they scrapped. So it sh- you know it shows the classic origin story uh, at the beginning that we all know from the Mirage comics where you know metal canister falls out of a speeding truck and it, it smashes into a boy's um, jar that's carrying four turtles in a small glass of course it's the T C R I can uh, we get the origin with Splinter and the and the turtles growing up but what's fascinating is right around pages three and four uh, we see a, a, a variation of the origin story so I'll just read a little bit of it. The Turtles and Splinter go underground into the sewers to keep from being discovered, where they find a bizarre underground world of tunnels, caves, and creatures. And here they make their home. Now this one's really fascinating. Splinter has learned to communicate with the most ancient ninja master of all, the face. This mystical ninja warrior appears as a mutating section of the sewer and acts as teacher, advisor, and judge. The Turtles face off against the evil uh, foot led by the corrupt ninja, Shredder alleyways and rooftops become battlegrounds as the turtles and the foot fight for control of the city. The foot are formidable foes, but no match against the superior ninja fighting skills of the turtles. Shredder and the foot are defeated by the turtles and thought destroyed, but maybe they were wrong. So anyways, the face concept, this giant wizard that lived in the sewer, Uh, You ought to look at these sketches that are on page five of Rad Plastic. Really fascinating stuff that they never actually included in the original cartoon and scrapped the idea for the toy line. So you flip on over to page six and you find out some other crazy things. Now, John Handy, he had kept a bunch of the production notes in the concept phase of the toy line. And I thought it was fascinating here. He color-coded the turtles in, in the way he wanted the turtles' bandanas to look. So the mischievous one was going to be Michelangelo, and he was going to be purple. The crazy one was going to be Raphael. He was going to be red. But Leonardo was going to be orange. He was the smart one. And Donatello was the creative one. And they don't have a color for Donatello, so they weren't sure, I guess, at this time, what color Donatello was going to be. But yeah, I thought it was funny that Michelangelo was going to be purple. Or maybe that's blue. I'm colorblind. Uh, The crazy one, Raf, he was always going to be red. Leonardo, the smart one, was going to be orange. And Donatelli didn't have a color for But this was the early concept phase. This was, according to the um, notes that I'm looking at, January thirteenth, 1987. So there's a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't know unless you saw, or unless you read through this Rad Plastic volume. One of the concepts early on with the original toy line was that they were, um, the figures would come with action features and a control handle that would allow the kids to make figures move on their own. This feature was dropped very early but what's cool is they revisited this feature later in the, sma- the smash and bash em line in 1992. So a lot of the early concepts of the toys, they were scrapped for a little bit, but they were returned to a little bit later on in the toy line, especially after it reached so much success. Also, I found another letter from John Handy. John Handy says, We had an issue with the bad guys, recalls Handy. There were only two, Shredder and Foot Soldier. We knew that we made it a couple more. So Handy, Mark Taylor, and other designers, including Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, went about creating the concept sketches for new bad guys. We tried several ideas, including an evil chef with a pizza launcher and a guy with a gun for nostrils, a snot gun, less Handy. In the end, the team settled on Bebop and Rocksteady. The origin story itself is is totally worth the $60 just to look at all the concepts and and how they designed these toys while the cartoon was still being in production or, you know, the very first season. You know, remember, the cartoon didn't actually debut until late December of 1987. All this toy production and all these concept sketches, these are early in 1987. And, of course, Dave Wise actually started working. You know, he's a well-known writer for the cartoon. He started working with the production company of the toys in helping to design some of these figures. As a matter of fact, it says on page 17, at the same time the toy designers were working on the specifics of the toy line, the cartoon production was already ramping up at Murakami Wolf Films, later Fred Wolf Films. Fred Wolf, an animator, found uh, the founder of the studio, suggested that they should, be, they should put more mutants into the series. The bad guys soon became a joint effort with writer David Wise, there he is, fleshing out the backstory of the rhinoceros and a pig as mutants, even giving them the names based on some obscure music styles called Rock City. I wonder what kind of style that is. I bet you Kirkland knows and bebop peter laird john handy and errol mccarthy all contributed to concept designs and the two new baddies were born mark taylor did a final redesign of the two figures before they went to final sculpting so speaking of sculpting guys there's a bunch of pictures of original sculpts and oh my goodness i won't spoil everything but you need to check out some of the really cool playset designs they had in mind for the original launch of the line absolutely fascinating stuff and remember face Well, they even had a toy playset design with Face, the legendary wizard that never came to be. And that, guys, that's just like the first 25, 30 pages of the book. This is a 400-page book. So as I said from the beginning, if you're a hardcore fan of the Turtles and and a big collector, this is a must-have. And if you're just a casual fan that wants to, maybe you don't have enough money to um, buy all the Ninja Turtle toys at this point that'd be me. (laughs) This is a great book to just kind of thumb through and see the origins of our beloved toy line. And to make it personal, oh my goodness, the Ninja Turtle toys. When I was a kid going down the toy aisle of Toys R Us or seeing some of these toys in Walmart uh, or, or wherever they were, Toys R Us for me was like the big one, but you'd see them at KB Toys in the mall when I was a kid. It was absolute magic. And to see how much thought went into these toys and designing them. Um, oh, and the packaging. They talk about the packaging itself and how uh, it was kind of one of a kind, having the turtle bust through the card. Oh, and they even wanted to include a, uh, I guess, Playmates original comic book that came with the toy originally. Um, that's so fascinating. Uh, all the things I've learned just thumbing through the first 50 pages. The actual The design of the book is beautiful, really, really colorful pages. Like I said, it's divided into years, starting with 1988 and working all the way up to 1998 and all the unreleased figures. And for $60, $65 if you get it signed, well worth the price. So if you want to check out this book, it's on ratplastic.com. You can order it direct from the source or you can buy it on Amazon as well. And there's a couple of UK shops online I noticed had the book as well. So it is available, and I cannot recommend this book enough. So, guys, it's about 446. I guess I better get out of here. Casey's kind of, you know, he's looking at me. He's like, all right, wrap this up. So uh, I better get off here. But, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. Go check out Rad Plastic. It's well worth the money. And as always, cowabunga. Now, back to the show.
0: Hey, Rad, where are you going?
1: That okay with you? Yeah.
2: There's no one
4: better. That was a great review, Rob. Well, I thank you so much,
3: man. I'm gonna keep this as general as possible because well you heard the review. You already know what
4: it's about. I just wanna say I would give that review, I don't know what you, well, your rating of that toy, I would rate it somewhere between a zero and a ten. And I would say that you're accurate in that rating, and I appreciate All that. Right. Thank you.
3: <laughs> All right, guys, so today, as I said at the top of the show here, we are talking about the third episode of the 2003 series entitled Attack of the Mausers. This episode debuted on February 22nd, 2003, and it had 2.12 million views on the 4Kids website as of 2007, very impressive. A lot, pretty, pretty big audience for this one. And um, from what I remember of it, I know that April had run into the Turtles and she had fainted. It's classic April in the uh, early comics and (laughs) the movie and everything else. And I think, if I remember correctly, this episode references the movie a few times. I think Michelangelo even says in this one, you know, can we keep her? Which is a classic line that I always loved. Um, But yeah, this is a... Episode written by Eric Luke, who wrote a lot of the episodes of the two thousand three series. Uh, supervisor and producer was Lloyd Golfin. Producers Gary Richardson, Frederick F- uh, First, Al Kahn, Norman Gr- Grossfeld, and uh, Thomas Kenny. And it's directed by Chuck Patton. This is after the episode "A Better Mousetrap" and before the episode "Meet Casey Jones." Uh, so we won't get him in this episode, but he's coming up. So with all that, these episodes, as of right now, as we're recording this on February 11th, the episodes are still on YouTube. We're hoping they'll stay on the YouTube for a little while longer. But, you know, obviously with Paramount, is it Paramount Plus, the app? Yep. Yep. Uh, Who knows how long they're going to be on here. So try to watch them while you can, my friends. And we'll leave a link in the show notes so you can follow along with us. So with all that said,
4: we will go ahead and click play in... I I need the link.
3: Oh, did I not put it in the studio? Oh, yeah,
4: you sent it. I'm sorry. Oh, you good? I I, I just hit YouTube in my browser, and it brought me up to Technodrome. Oh, Technodrome. Let's kick (laughs) (laughs) shout. I guess I need to clear my history because it's just – that's been forever. (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and click play in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and click.
2: Frog said, it's not easy being green,
3: and Michelangelo's narrating for us said Michael Centur Nicholas and
2: a, a shell raising
4: mm-hmm
2: Found a new place to live it's
4: love their uh love their lair in this in this series by- yeah. remember they mentioned on the ninja well, maybe it was. power. One of them mentioned that the train station. Yeah,
3: from the second layer movie, right? Was
4: was the, was well in the third. Mm-hmm. It was. The, they thought it was the best layer, and I gotta agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah, looked awesome.
3: It's really wide open. I love the old subway trains that are in there. Yeah. And that wall, that one wall that Splinter hides behind, because his lower half is never finished.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned that too. <laughs>
4: All right, here's our intro song. The uh, eye shots are strong with this. Oh, absolutely. Jim Lawson will be proud.
3: Oh, and speaking of Jim Lawson and speaking of the Mirage crew, this is kind of a sad note, but if you've followed uh, Jim Lawson on Facebook, you know, wonderful, wonderful friend of the show, um, just a, you know, I mean, a pillar in the Ninja Turtle comics. The Mirage Studios are officially closing down now. I mean, they've been out of production for quite some time, but the actual building is being cleared out right now. And Jim Lawson showed what his studio now looks like. He's just got a couple boxes left, and I think he's going to be moving out within a month or two. And it's very, very sad. It's an end of an era, but it's it's the beginning of a new one. I mean, Lawson's still drawing, still writing comics, and... I, I just wish him the best of luck, and cannot thank him enough that for everything he's done for the turtles. Mirage Studios me. is super special in my heart, and and for so many fans of the Ninja Turtles. Hi.
4: Ah! <laughs> there we go. There's the.
3: Please don't
4: do that. Can we keep? I really her? like the way these turtles look. Oh, they look awesome. Has three fingers. I'm asleep. I'm asleep. I'm asleep. Why don't I ever dream of Harrison this Ford? Come on. We don't have much practice talking I like how they all have like, I know all their eyes are white, but like, mm-hmm. Leonardo especially has a, a very, you, you can, de- even if he had his mask off, you could probably still tell that it's him. Yep. They all kind of have different shaped heads. Different shades of green.
2: Yep. first I thought they were for cleaning up the city's rat problem, but then I got suspicious when Dr. Stockman said, oh no, I'm talking to it. <laughs> I'm talking to it to you. Okay, April. You are talking to a giant three-fingered turtle. The only logical explanation is that you're dreaming. So everything's okay. Hello. Hello, April. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I, I don't really
4: remember this part. It's absolutely uh, great. Well, I've never it's seen awesome. it, so. Oh yeah.
1: Then perhaps you are ready to answer. Or she faints here. Listen, lady, put some clothes on <laughs> and stop <start> talking. <laughs> Oh, she
3: fainted! Oh, this is great.
1: You are violating dress code of the sewer. Why do they always
4: fade when I show up?
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: that's that's always how it happens too, exactly, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Somebody get me when There's an old iPod. Did you see the uh, keypad was shaped like a like a like an octagon, almost like a turtle shell. Oh, I didn't. Very nice. Very subtle.
3: Gosh, I tell you, this this animation is. Can you
4: believe this is almost 20 years old? It was a good time, man. Absolutely. And, it, you know, it's like... It's not what you think of when you think of, like, all stunning animation. But it just holds up really well. It really does. You know? There are the Mausers. Beginning their first heist. Yeah, and honestly, that was CG, but it fits in, like, really well with... Yeah. I think we mentioned earlier, like, on one of the first episodes, like... The, the, light, the lighting. Like, that. there's less, like, detail in the turtles, but the lighting they use kind of helps to go a long way. really does. I need to get me some of those. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they just kind
3: of, you know, claw onto things and walk upside down. But what I don't understand is, so, Baxter, he's breaking in these banks... But he's already got uh, tons of money. Oh, there's Kevin and Pete. There they oh, are. Oh yeah. <laughs> this way, please. Something's happening in the vault. I always thought the cartoon versions of Peter Laird looked kind of like um, uh, Ray from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Really? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit.
4: I'd like to hear a Sam Jackson voice. Baxter Stockman. Hey, Urkha <laughs> hey, Mike. There's too many mother oh, mouses. Bang. <laughs> Awesomely radical, dude!
2: Huh, you keep talking like that, she's gonna pass out again. Hey.
3: Oh, I like that guitar in the background.
2: So, you okay now? Yeah, it's fake. Thanks. Is it? Sounds good. I would. I, w- I don't know, man. Or it's the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. Young
1: woman, we have something most important to discuss.
4: What? That I'm pretty sure is a MIDI file. I don't think they actually brought like a pan flute mm. into the <laughs> studio.
1: <laughs> Had to be recorded somewhere though, right? In order for them to sample it. Oh yeah. It. As you grow older, you will learn there are many ways to do the right thing. But there is no going back. I'm afraid. You know he
3: does kind of look dog like uh in the 2003 series Splinter. Oh, I would
2: never tell anybody. Schnauzer.
3: Schnauzer. Yeah.
2: Who <laughs> would believe me? She's got a point. Yeah. We're unbelievable. Jeez, where's your son? Look at that. Seriously? I don't
4: know what you call that pose. <laughs> that was the Hogan. Oh yeah, that was the hot dog. Yeah, he's hot, he's dog hot dog, hot dogging it up.
2: I believe you. Is this another lesson, Master Splinter? How to sense the
1: truth? <laughs> no, this is called trusting your gut.
2: <laughs> so your... No, you idiot. <laughs> what exactly is it? Go find a Radio Shack. Whatever.
3: I have memories. Look at all the look at all those monitors in the background. Oh, here's our backstory. I forgot about this all right I a day
1: that like any other, but this is one he way he starts off as a rat of many lives.
4: and then he killed the dog
1: <laughs> an accident. a young boy a
4: a here's our
3: daredevil a reference oh coming up
1: and oh what well, it does man was the yeah
4: right? well I don't know if that', that dude's, yeah I can't see that they being daredevil. <laughs> So it's T-C-R-I here,
3: not T-G-R-I like in the comics. Is that how it was in the movie, T C R I. think so. From what I remember, I could be wrong on that. But I remember when I read the comic for the first time, I was like, wait a minute. TGRI?
1: Smashed open, releasing a glowing ooze which covered their bodies. I took pity, <laughs> gathering them up in a coffee can. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right by the <laughs> tail
1: I took them to my burrow The next morning I had doubled in size to find the four had doubled in size the ooze affected their growth.
3: <laughs> Look at the, I like the one with the mouth it hanging open me
1: also, me you know
3: it's Michelangelo. <laughs>
1: Me everywhere. I couldn't but get rid of them. Above I knew the people of the surface would not understand. We are so different. I was amazed And
3: I'll tell you what. This but is such an absurd an idea. Isn't this crazy dead. that
4: this blew up <laughs> the way it did? <laughs> I thought dude.
1: They actually like, spoke. my
4: name. Uh, listening my to head some head of the comics and stuff, like some of the shows on the comics, yeah. it's like. It's like if anybody else wrote this, it'd be like, "What were they thinking?" Right, exactly. You, you like, know, you it's w- like
3: you wouldn't think it'd be it would have blown up the way it did, but it sure, gosh, it just
4: hit. It's and I, it's kind of like you, you want to be you want to be a fly on the wall during like the pitch meeting. Right, right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take turtles, and we're gonna make them really big, and then we're gonna send them through time.
1: <laughs> the of and Sound a little like an Ice King there, but. Uh, from a battered book. That dude's a I jerk.
4: <laughs> I out of this
1: he keeps... Drain.
4: Have you heard back from him? Uh, it's been a little while. Oh, here we go. You think they've made it down to Anderson's yet? I hope so, but I hope things turn out all right for him. Well, they better get there quick. We got about a half hour before they got to do that live interview, so... Yeah. Oh, very cool. Something like that that we all yell at once?
1: First rule, ignore Mike. Your life will be much hey, Turtles Forever, so that ends up being really their
3: last episode title.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Hey,
4: guys, that, is this. that not a movie, though?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, the last two episodes, I think, but they, they made it into a movie. Um, if um, gosh. Yeah. It's really good.
4: So, Speaking of movie, did you this see one? the... Uh, the animated turtle movie is supposed to come out in twenty twenty three uh... which one the the animated one that got seth rogan's producing the about.
2: He's got the which Mousers one was Robbie it there kirkland what do you know about this guy? the animated oh.
4: one seth rogan's
2: producing suspicious he turned the Mousers on me.
4: kirkland has left the building I
3: so i guess i'm <laughs> giving commentary by myself for a
2: minute Mouser. Was our home now, he's graduated to banks. Then, what do we wait?
3: Ah, so, the turtles they know that Baxter is involved in these bank <laughs> I just heists. Love those action movie lines, you write those yourself. It won't be
2: easy. Stocktronics is rigged with the latest up to the minute security tech. <laughs> Bring it on. Allow me to introduce our very own secret weapon
3: the techno turtle himself. Donatello! Take a bow, Don!
4: <laughs> cut it out!
2: Can <laughs> we
4: go,
1: please?
3: Two little guys. <laughs> it's an interesting choice in, uh, in uh, how to dump those. So, what I was saying earlier is, I wonder why Baxter's so fixated on money at this point. Is that the only motivation he has? And why does Saki want? Oh, speaking of which. I am contacting you to verify that you are fulfilling your end of our bargain that you are on schedule. I will not stand for any more of this idiotic interrogation. I've advanced the mouses to the next stage, I love that even in the IDW run the with back. the uh, you, Last Ronin can you grasp uh, series, Bax is still a hothead. Concept. Does Do not, not like taking orders from anybody. Dr. Stuckman, the price for failure will be quite
1: extreme. Imbecile. <laughs> in the sewers? Is this guy paranoid or what? Will you shut
3: it? I'm just saying. Could <laughs> April and I have some quiet? This is delicate work.
1: Ooh, April and I. This is delicate work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so could this possibly be a teaser that Donatello might have had a little thing for April even in the 2003 series? I don't know. <laughs> is this the place? Gosh, I'll tell you what, the animation on the series has really aged well. I mean, I know we say it all the time, but for 20 years old, it still looks great. And sounds great. (laughs) Hey! I like the fact that April seems so trusting with the turtles already. You know, it didn't take long and they're working together to t- uh, investigate Stock I think it's Stocktronic, Stocktronics.
2: Okay, I'm in. I'm blanking the cameras along that corridor at 10 second
3: intervals. I was wanted to We've say Stock Jam to... for IDW we'll Right
2: back. Good luck. Hey, these guys are good. <laughs>
3: Oh, this reminds me of the battle in the Technodrome from the a 1987 cartoon, you where know, it's just wide open. You see all these crazy robots attacking. Knowing Baxter, he's probably got the same kind of machinery going. Yeah. Also, kind of reminds me of in the Technodrome where the turtles in the uh, Turtles in Time can fling the Foot Ninjas right up to Shredder's point of view. Baxter's in the same kind of getup right now Locks it with the swords, very nice. Oh man, that bow looked huge. Kirkland would be very impressed. The bow staff saves the day again. Kirkland has been kicked out for a second. He says he can't get anything to work, so I'm going to try to text him back and say, "I believe in you." Your reign of terror is over, Stockman. you been practicing that. like I just said my commentary sucks without you, buddy. <laughs> All right, so April is confronting Baxter here.
2: I've got enough evidence to put you away for years, Dr. Stockman. Busted. That's enough! Ha! Too late! I recall the Mouser Horde from their latest mission. They'll be here any second.
0: They'll tear you to
1: pieces. April?
2: I'll have to shut the whole system down. I'll help.
1: You're doomed. Listen.
3: Now's the time.
2: Uh, the system isn't responding.
1: You should never have matched wits with me. He's getting
3: away. All right, so Stockman has got ran off, and now the mousers are about to tear up the turtles. Oh, and they got back up. They really sound like the Grab Boys from, um,
4: Tremors.
3: Ah, touching scene with Raph and Mikey there.
4: Kirkland, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you great! I didn't change anything, man. It was the studio. Really? Yeah. Huh, well, did you get kicked out or something? No, like I was, I've been sitting here watching this the whole time. Have you? I could hear you huh. for most of it. You're, you're saying I left the building and then eventually like I couldn't hear anything. Uh, oh, that's so strange. Yeah, huh. I mean, it said it kept yeah,
3: recording. Yeah, it's been buggy lately. Uh-oh, self-destruct sequence. So I've been rattling on. I don't know if the microphone's going to pick up any of my commentary or yours or who knows what. But uh <laughs> any thoughts while you're watching? Uh no <laughs> <laughs> you know what this reminds me of is is oh they gone they're not gonna be in episode four <laughs> but this re- this reminded me of the the scene in the tectodrome of the Charleston time game where you can take the off. foot soldiers and throw them up
4: oh. yeah yeah and like uh, where you're fighting shredder yeah,
3: yeah. right what do you oh, killedton
2: soul
3: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely me what
2: there's
4: Hun! So, was that...
3: is that a slicked-back, like, ponytail, or has he got them Let all going?
4: Go, um... I believe they call that a Kentucky waterfall.
3: I really don't know, man. <sighs> All right, so Hun, Yeah, he's taken Baxter back to uh, Saki and the turtles are do back do at their lair after the Stocktronics the lab has blown I'm up.
2: Not exactly sure. We'll help you
3: get I cannot believe that's Ash Ketchum. You guys you've all been
4: well great. And my guys. That's a pickup yes, line yes, if I've ever heard one. Green talking turtle <laughs> and a giant talking rat.
3: Here's to the new team. Cheers. And they give a cheers.
0: Wow, this episode's almost over already. Jeez. Yep. Osaka's not gonna put up with this. Search can continue immediately. I'll be back at work. Monday morning.
1: You must pay the price for failure, Doctor Stockman.
3: One arm. Yeah, we still don't know what Saki's motive is here.
1: We have the image you requested, Master.
4: Kirk, you still with yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah. Who is that dude? Okay, good. I
3: don't know.
1: Sorry, I was kind of of the watching. <laughs> These, are the ones These creatures.
3: Ah. and there you have it boy that boy that went quick so we don't really know a whole lot I I, I like the backstory I thought that was really cool the animations that went with it were really cool um, it was a good setup kind of issue nice introduction for uh, April and the turtles and they got along well um, and it's a nice reference to the original comics with April being the scientist working for Baxter and I remember thinking when I was a kid, why is she doing all this? She's so different. But it makes so much more sense when you read the comic books.
4: Uh, but yeah, what did you think, man? I liked it. <laughs> uh, no, I, that last part, I wasn't gone. Um, yeah. That, that, I, I kind of want to know who those dudes with the uh, Cyclops look visors are. I don't know. It's the Splinter Cell guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know about Shredder already so I know what the whole deal is there. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, look at that, I knew about it before we started watching this, but I don't know all the details on all this other stuff. So, um.
3: You know, there's, there's so much of the series I don't know. I probably watched, I'd say, 60% of the cartoon, maybe? So there's a lot of it I don't know. And, heck, even the stuff I have watched, I've probably forgotten. Um, like, there was a lot in this episode that I know I've seen before, but... Just didn't ring a bell. It had been a long time. Um, so yeah, to see the origin story and how consistent it was with the movie, that was that was cool. I love how arrogant Stockman is. He's just like he's such a, as Zach always says, he's such a dork. Like he, he's 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 like a, he's like a genius, but he's also got like this kiddie like I'm the best and I don't take orders from anyone kind of guy, uh, kind of vibe about him that makes him kind of childish in some ways. It's funny, too, because the the Baxter Stockman that we see here is very consistent with the original Baxter Stockman and also what IDW is doing with him right now with uh, at least the last Ronin series because he kind of does the same kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, overall, really kind of enjoyed this episode, even though I missed you for about half of
4: it. I was here. I, I know. You were here, Spirit. You'll probably look on the other track and you'll hear uh, – uh, uh, can you hear me now? Hey, can you hear me? Hey, Rob. Rob, can you hear me? Rob, <laughs> Rob, stop playing, man! Can you? <laughs> yeah. It was all an elaborate prank. I was like, "Did my microphone die?" Yeah, you just cut out mid-sentence and, and you never came frequency, back. Frequency yeah. I was so talking weird. about the uh, movie, the uh, the um, animated movie that Seth Rogen's producing. It's supposed to come out in twenty twenty three and oh yeah, some of the uh, mm-hmm. they probably are fake, but some of the posters suggest that Bebop and Rocksteady will be in it, and Krang will be in it, and
3: Oh, see, I didn't know any of that.
4: It's probably fake. Never know, yeah.
3: Well, uh, guys, that was a quick episode. I keep forgetting these Turtle Vision episodes are very, very quick. So we thank you so much for for listening along with us and watching with us. And, yeah, again, this was Attack of the Mousers. It's on YouTube, and, uh, yeah, you can just watch right with us while it's all still on there. The next episode is Meet Casey Jones, which debuted late February, or I believe it was early March of 2003. Another great episode. I do specifically remember Casey Jones that episode, and I don't know if Angel is in that one or if she's in a later Casey Jones episode, but we get to meet our new character. I think she debuted in the 2003 series, Angel, and she's a big character in the IDW comics now, so that's kind of cool. So with all that, guys, if you have any feedback regarding today's episode uh, that we watched, uh, you can send us an email at TurtleVision03 at gmail.com, or you can always give us a call on our TurtleCom hotline at 865-309-4875. We are on Twitter at TurtleVision03, and uh, I believe it's the same handle for Instagram as well. And you can always join our our Facebook group page at Facebook.com slash groups slash TurtleVision. I don't know if there's a 0-3 on that. I'm not sure. But check out our show notes. <laughs> You'll find out. But guys, we thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned. We got a lot of cool things planned. I know that we're hoping to have The the Last Ronin. Of course, the epic conclusion of The Last Ronin's coming out. We're trying to line up maybe possibly, fingers crossed, some interviews regarding that series. Uh, I know we were in talks about it a couple months ago. And I'm going to kind of follow up with that. And hopefully... We can get a few, uh, maybe some names that are involved in that book on the show. Fingers crossed, we'll see. And then uh, Kirk and I will be covering the next uh, issue of the Tales of TMNT volume uh, two. I think it's issue six now. Oh, and some Booyah Tales episodes are, are coming up. As a matter of fact, right after I get off of here, Zach and I are gonna hop on and uh, talk about IDW issue 121 and 122. So with all that, my friend, my my good buddy, it was so great to catch up with you we we talked for a good hour before we even pressed the record button <laughs> so yep. so even though i didn't get to talk to you for 15 minutes you know i i was it was very good for my soul to talk to you for like an hour before that so with all that uh aside my friend what type of pizza are we going to have to close out another totally tubular episode of turtle vision
4: i was thinking we might have some hot dogs from anderson's bullshit <laughs>
3: Cause he's just hot dogging it away, huh? <laughs> do you,
4: do you, you know, I'd say they probably made it there. Now you might wanna, you <sighs> might wanna go live. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right.
3: guys well hey we do have a big announcement uh you know hey big things are coming here in 2022 new year hey some new partners to the show uh this this little uh snippet right here is a uh uh segment brought to you by anderson's tool shed our new sponsor and we're coming in live
0: okay soon is the timer on i think so does it sell it i'm not so sure that's how it works just sell the thing and come on we hold a dollar with the two cooks responsible for the magic at Anderson's Tool Shed, Beaver and Buttface. Uh, it's Beavis and Butthead. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, Butthead, you deal with the meat products and meat product accessories here at Anderson's Tool Shed. Do you think it will be possible for us to sample your work?
3: Uh, okay. Uh, here you
0: go. that mm-hmm. mm, That is a the hot dog. You know what they call those in England, don't you, boy? The oscar Mayer royale, with cheese. Here I can try. Oh yeah, that's a tasty (laughs) wiener. You said... Hey, look over there, it's Beavis. Cooking up the secret sauce. So, Beavis. You think that you could tell us the secret ingredient in the secret sauce? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure it's not as gross as it sounds. So, my head, uh, uh, back to you. Tell us about the magnificent working conditions here at Anderson's, too, son.
3: <laughs> they don't pay us enough.
0: Oh, no. Uh, uh, uh. Dang it, get out of my shed. Uh, uh, me what?
4: Old man Anderson's in the parking lot and he looks a bit
0: disgruntled. Okay, <laughs> L- let's go to plan B. We- we're going to make you boys look real good and get you a raise. You, you just play along. We- we'll do the work. T- turn off the camera, Oscar. we got to do some heroic stuff here. Uh, how do I do that? J- just shake it and turn it off. It- it's not working. Just hit the recede button then. The recede button? Yeah, I think it's the one with the big red circle in it. Copy that, okay. Okay, gotta be careful. Cool here. here we go. Dang it, who are you? They call us the infringements, you jackwagon. The what? The infringements. I'm not sure what it means, but it must have something to do with the legal status of our existence on this podcast. No, 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 no. He, he doesn't mean that. Uh, uh, we're from the Ninja Pizza, and we're tired of Beavers and Butterhead beating us out with their meat products and meat product accessories. Dang it, dang it, dang it. They're doing what in my shed? No, Mr. Anderson, your food establishment is taking them more profit than your biggest competition, the Ninja Pizza. Dang it, I can't take this no more. You, 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 and you, get out! Meanwhile, you got any other ideas? We're going to have to take this up a notch. This is my Desert Eagle boy, and I want all the cash in the register. Whoa, did NECA make that thing? It looks pretty realistic, I mean, uh... This guy's packing heat, carrying a piece, slinging a shooter, get what I'm saying? You better do what he says, he's Crayola. He'll do it, I mean, he's on edge. Hey, hey, butthead, uh, wouldn't you like to take the gun away from him and save the day? Uh, no. (sighs) Okay, doodle. Give us all the money, Dude, what are you doing? I don't want to take the money. I don't either. But we can't break character, these boys need a raise and Anderson is on to us. You, you just stay over there Anderson, I will pistol up you into next- <laughs> Whoops! Uh, I guess you consider that a warning shot, Mr. Anderson. Holy crap, that gun's real. Unloaded. Hey, you better know what he says, he's crazy. Yeah, now give us the money. Ooh. It sure would be a shame if someone were to slap me water around and save the day. I mean, he could probably take it. He is a stuntman. It's too late for that. I have the money and I am leaving now. What? Mr. Anderson, you better be careful about what you say here. Now tell me, what do Bilbus and Bullhead look like? Ah, uh, I don't know. So I don't know then, I dare you. What? Say what, one more time, you dirty mother- I will blast you from here to ninja pizza and back. Dang, dude, watch where you aiming that thing. Do I look like a couple of giblet heads to you? Uh, no. Then why are you treating them like they are? Oh no, the fuzz, we gotta go.
1: Hey, yeah, wait for me, I can't roll that
0: fast. Uh, we'll get your money back to you, Anderson. No, no, we won't because I'm a robber. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll get it back to you. Probably not, no. Shut up, dude. Uh, uh, we'll mail it to you. What are you talking about? I can't even spell my name and I'm not thinking the sooner you know how a robber's phone, Filson. Whatever, dude, just get in. Hurry, hurry. Drive, 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 drive.
4: Okay. That just happened. Yeah. Uh, So. I guess go support Anderson's Tool Shed, or or don't, especially if there's any yellow tape hanging up. Just don't tell them we sent you. I
3: think, you know what? I think it's only fitting we go with hot dog pizza after that. What do you think, man?
4: Yeah, we're going to have to be putting hot dogs on our pizza after the deal falls through like that.
3: Yeah, amen, man. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, and on behalf of Kirk Leonardo and myself, Here's to help you enjoy a mega. Oh, here's to help you enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, and enjoy a mega slice of hot dog pizza.
0: Kalamaka dudes.
4: Yoichi Nishibo, Sagoshi, whatever. See you next time. <laughs> it's a gallery.
3: great song! It's a great song! So, hey Kirk, would you care? I gotta uh, help Chris put the kids to bed real quick, and then I'll hop right back on. Yes, I will, fam. Alright, man. I'll be right back.
4: Alright, so everybody, back in the day... People used to think that the Earth was the center of the universe. They called that a geocentric... Well, now the model is called Geocentric Model. A geo, or G, being the Greek for Earth, Centric, you know, being the center, things revolve around it. Um, geocentric, that means Earth's center of socialism. We know that that's not true now, but, uh, you know, a uh, dude named Ptolemy started it way back. This is way back. Memes were going on back then. When I say meme, I don't mean the picture with the funny words, ha-ha. I mean an idea that's repeated so many times that it's accepted as truth. So you see, this dude named Ptolemy, the... The P silent, Ptolemy, or Ptolemy, like, kind of like Pterodactyl or Pterodon. He suggested that the planets revolve in small circles carried by bigger circles. Now, I don't know what that means. It sounds ridiculous. I guess I'd have to see a picture. But they went on 1,500 years believing this stuff. These people literally were flat earthers back in that day. Okay. So then this guy named Aristarchus comes along, and he says... What if the sun's the center of the universe and not the Earth? Or the solar system, probably not the universe. I don't even know if they knew what the universe was back then. But he got shunned for it. And then the original Bra, this guy named Tycho Bra and his assistant John Kepler, they came along and they said, Look, the planets, they revolve around the sun and they don't go in complete circles. And they got shunned by everybody. But then this dude named Galileo comes along and he's like, isaac newton come visit me at the end of the black death of the bubonic plague whatever it's called because it was still sweeping through england so isaac newton goes and visits him, and he's like look dude i'm looking to prove that uh taco bra was correct i've invented there i've i've improved this telescope and isaac newton's like ha 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 i've already done what you want to do i've seen venus through my own telescope and i use calculus to project its trajectory rob are you back rob's not back so i'm gonna keep going now we're going to talk about let's talk about the power rangers see back in the day zordon and rita they were it sounds like rob's coming back i'm gonna stop talking okay my friend i'm back all right man we just sit here in silence dude there's say what (laughs) <laughs> I, I, we just I couldn't think of nothing to say We just sit here in silence Sat here in silence Sorry. Wh- wh- What do you mean we? Uh, the, the viewers and I um, uh, oh. Well Darkness My old friend We <laughs> sit here in the sound of silence Ah oh, very good Very good Good song yeah. Great song I'm 152. <laughs> I'm older than one kid's dad. Like I went yeah. to school with, and I'm, I'm just like, jeez, I am old.
3: I'm, st- I know, I'm starting to get there too. Like I, I, uh, the all the kids that I teach. See, I teach sixth grade now, and the kids are telling me like, yeah, my dad's 36.
1: Like,
4: oh, he's
3: one year older than me. And then I, I have a couple that are you know early 30s, their parents, I'm like, it's happening. It's starting to happen. And I, and it's funny because like I used to lie about like you know my age being 55, and of course I started that again this year. Um, but then finally when I gave them my real age, 35, I was still getting the, wow you're old,
4: <laughs> dude. And it's crazy like the age they'll project, they'll say you're not 152, you're not 52, you're 35, and they'll guess older than I am because I've got some gray hairs coming <laughs> in, man. Or they'll say you're just in your 20s. I'm like man, you guys are really bad judges of age. <laughs> But yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's like,
3: well, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna look for you, man. But you, like, you man, may, know you may not
4: find me. <laughs> oh, very <bro>, well done. <laughs> I'm pretty good at hiding.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, uh, you would you would have appreciated this one. Uh, one of my students said today, uh, what they say. I, they were like, I don't understand number five. I said, Well, it's a, it's a number shortly <laughs> after four, but just before six. I knew, it. I knew you were gonna. And, then, yeah, and they didn't. They like looked at me. They didn't get Dude, it. And
4: I was just like, hey. I do crap like that all the time. And like, the, they get the the craziest look on their face. And some people that like, some people that get it, they are just in the room just cracking up, about to fall out of their chair, because because it's <laughs> like stuff like that is constant in my class. Exactly. I mean, You're quick. Never. You're quick. And the kids like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Well, another one. Another
3: one was um, a, a student offered me gum. They were like, they pointed out, um, they offered me some gum, and just kind of handed it my way, like in a gesture. They were like, gum? I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is.
4: <laughs> That's crazy. Well, my
3: favorite one is the one that. The, the, my favorite one is um, uh, the the kid was like, uh, oh, they offered me some kind of drink or something, and I was like, no thanks, I got to drive. <laughs> like, wait, what?
4: Yeah, uh, uh, so but the little things like that—they're like, huh? We—I uh, love—I love doing stupid going stuff. Going over that. models of the solar system. Uh, we was talking about Ptolemy, and he's got a P at the front of his mm-hmm. name, you know, like pterodactyl. And I actually put yeah. in the notes like I'll be typing the notes out, and they'll be writing them down, and I'll just <laughs> to see if they're paying attention. I'll type the most random, off-the-wall crap, and I'll get some people oh, chuckling, great. and some people, you know, it's like I know you're not paying attention. Uh, but I, I wrote <laughs> silent P after his name in parentheses, and I said, "All right, Ptolemy, say it with me, Ptolemy." And like people, like, huh? Ptolemy, and they'll go, Ptolemy. And I'll say, no, the P's silent. And they'll go, Ptolemy, I'll say, no, (laughs) you're not saying the silent P. And like, (laughs) it'll frustrate the crap out of them with it. Uh, I was like, what does he want from me? (laughs) Just junk like that, man. Just. Oh, that's the good stuff, man.